All right. So speaking of reproductive rights, uh, this is something that I don't really talk about very much because as a county official, I really had no say over it. It's also a very personal issue. It's hard to talk about. It inspires a lot of emotion. Uh, But wherever you are on the choice spectrum, and it is a wide spectrum with many nuances, you will have seen over the past couple of weeks, and you're probably confused as I was by the mefepristone saga. Uh, It seems like all of a sudden this abortion drug has become a household name. I'd never really heard of it before. Uh, But so far, in broad strokes, this is the saga. It all started in November in Amarillo, Texas, when a U.S. District Court judge suspended the approval of this drug. It was approved in 2000. Um, and it's since since been used relative quite safely, actually, by about five million women. Then the fifth uh, U.S. Fifth Court of Appeals, fifth, sorry, I'm bungling that up. The fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals based in New Orleans ordered the FDA not to suspend it, but to limit its use. Uh, then the Biden administration asked the court, Supreme Court, to intervene. And on Friday, this was the big news, the Supreme Court blocked the Texas ban, the Texas judges ban. And the case is going back to the Fifth Circuit, due in court next month. All right. That was very long winded. Leah Copland is a nurse midwife and director of clinical operations for Abortion on Demand, which is the largest U.S. based telehealth provider. Leah, did I get that right? Yep, you did. Okay, that's a relief. Um, Were you relieved or surprised by the Friday Supreme Court move? Definitely both. Um, Very relieved just to know that we can keep mifepristone and mesoprostol, um, specifically mifepristone that you mentioned that's been used for about 5 million people in the past 20 years. We know it's very safe and we can keep providing it in the states where it is still legal to have an abortion. Um, and also surprised. I was not sure what the Supreme Court would do. You know, overturning Dobbs back in, uh, sorry, overturning Roe back in June was was certainly a shock to the movement, but um, but very relieved overall. So are a lot of the patients that you work with, are they surprised that there is a medical alternative or do they feel that they have to go, you know, medicinal approval, I should say? Um, so I think that, you know, there's, even though medication abortion has been around for 20 years, there's still a lot of people who didn't know much about it. Um, and we find a lot of patients actually who find us for care and, you know, they just start Googling about abortion and, and learning about their options. And sometimes they didn't even know that this existed to do an abortion with pills. I think a lot of people have images of an aspiration abortion um, in a clinic And they are often surprised to know that this is as safe, as straightforward, and um, we're able to get get it to them in in just a day or two. One thing that was really interesting is that Texas judge said that the FDA didn't properly weigh the risks and benefits uh, when it approved the drug in the year 2000, kind of implying that it might not be safe. Uh, but we see it is compared to things like penicillin, like Viagra, it's actually many times safer. Yes, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, there's over 100 studies that have included um, over 125,000 people, uh, rigorous scientific evidence that has looked at the profile of mifepristone. Um, we know that it is much, much safer than full-term pregnancies. Um, and... 
you know, some of the evidence that the judge cited in his ruling uh, was based on blog posts and science that was, you know, anonymous reporting from people. So on one side, we have, you know, rigorous science and evidence. And on the other side, we have sort of some anecdotal information that he cited. Um, so we definitely have the science and research on our side to to, uh, to talk about its safety. How did your job change after the Supreme Court overturned Roe since Dobbs last June, almost a year ago? Yeah. So, well, we, you know, because telehealth is regulated in some states um, around abortion, there were already many states that we weren't able to provide care in. So um, those states are now many of the states where it's not legal to have an abortion at all. Um, So we did have some states where we could no longer provide care. Um, But again, the states that have allowed telehealth medication abortion tend to be the states that have the most progressive laws around abortion. Um, And I will just point out that there is a non-U.S.-based provider of telehealth medication abortions, Aid Access, and they are still providing care even to states where it is not illegal to have an abortion. So um, it is possible for folks to get that. It's just that they are at real risk of of criminalization. and so there's, uh, it's just important for folks to know that, that it's still possible to get the meds. It's just um, not necessarily legal. Right. And to use these medications, it has to be very early in the term, right? Well, they're actually very safe and effective up to 11 weeks, probably longer. Uh, some providers are going to 12 weeks, and um, in other countries they go even longer. So uh, it is very safe for most of the first trimester of pregnancy, for sure. Hmm. So this is such a political hot topic. It's such a football. It's politicized incredibly. Does that make your job harder? Definitely. Um, You know, first of all, we deal with just so much misinformation out there. Um, Abortion tends to be something that people are not comfortable talking with for good reason. It's very stigmatized. And even though one in four people end up ha- who are able to get pregnant or have a have an abortion at some point in their life or have multiple abortions in their lives. Um, it's really something that you don't necessarily know that other people have had unless they share that with you. So people think it's really rare. Um, and then, you know, a lot of what we do is just let people know this is really normal. This is really common. This is really safe. And it's really OK to make this decision if this is what you need in, and want in your life right now. I was very surprised to learn that medication abortion accounts for more than half of abortions in the country, something like 53%, right? Yes, and that has really changed over the years. Um, But definitely, I would say it's just going up and up. Um, Some of it is because of the ease, the time uh, for people to be able to get the pills. Um, And I think that certainly telehealth and some of the ways that we dispense it now have made it easier for folks to get it. They don't need to necessarily take a day off work, find childcare all of those things that needed to happen in the past, um, and they can get on their get on with their lives. So I was speaking with someone, a woman, actually, who is pro-life, and she uh, is troubled by this, by, that this might be taken off the market because she had a miscarriage, actually, and so she was carrying a baby that had gone, and mm-hmm. this medication helped her get through that. It helped her, helped her, you know, her do what happened, what had to happen. Yes, and that's a really good point. Mifepristone is also used for miscarriages um, in some cases, and it really has become somewhat of the gold standard of care 
for uh, abortion and miscarriage. Um, it is, there are other ways to do a medication abortion with just the second medication, mesoprostol. Um, so that's not to say that that's not happening, but it is, the, it is the gold standard and it's what we want available to people who need it. So the thought of it being off the market would certainly impact a lot of folks. So telehealth medicine in general really took off. It was sort of starting to evolve and get bigger before the pandemic, but really took off during the pandemic. Were you doing this telehealth kind of care pre-pandemic? Yeah, so actually I, uh, I worked in a clinic, an uh, abortion clinic in my state for, for several years, and we were part of a clinical trial that looked at a telehealth model even prior to the pandemic. So we were already actually dispensing pills through the mail, both in Maine, where I work, as well as in New York. Um, mm-hmm. So this existed, but it was all under a, a clinical trial. Um, once the pandemic hit, we started to say, well, wait a second, we've got a lot of this research, and we also have some research demonstrating that it's safe to do an abortion without an ultrasound if people know their dates really well. Um, Why don't we just uh, go ahead and do this? And I was lucky enough to be part of um, a cohort of researchers and providers who came up with a protocol very early in the pandemic that we disseminated to, um, to a lot of providers so that they could start doing this care um, and so that people didn't have to enter a clinic. You know, if you think of those early days of the, of the pandemic, they didn't have to come in. They didn't have to interface with folks. We could get them their pills safely um, outside. So, um, so, yeah, and then we subsequently did research with uh, about 14 clinics in the country and over 3,000 people who had medication abortions this way, and it, it indicated that it was just as safe and effective to do it this way. So we have the research to back it up. Leah Coplin, before I let you go, if if this goes away for any reason, if the courts decide, as you know, we see the courts becoming so politicized, really on both sides, what's what's going to happen? Well, one thing we know is that people will continue to have abortions. Um, that you know, that's happened forever. It will continue to happen. Women have always done uh, taken care of their reproductive health from yeah. for millennia, whether it was herbs or whatever. Exactly. They found a way. Yes, and we have a lot of great support. There's a lot of abortion funds, practical support networks who are already moving people from states where it's illegal to states where it's legal to get the care they need. There's also, um, again, the second medication used in a medication abortion, mesoprostol, that can also accomplish an abortion. And in fact, that's used in many, many countries. So um, abortions are not going to stop no matter what the Fifth Circuit says, no matter what the Supreme Court says. Um, Yes, it might become more difficult, but we have... um, a lot of energy and a lot of people working very hard to make sure people can get the care they need and deserve. Leah Coplin, thank you so much. Uh, Leah is a nurse midwife and director of clinical operations for abortion on demand. And I really want to thank you for coming on and talking about this in a very common sense way. Thank you for having me. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to talk to the liberal patriots, John Halpin, about why so many Americans are becoming independent voters. We're going to talk to Monica Martinez for my my weekly dose of Albany update. And then we're going to talk to Keyshawn Sewell as well. Stay tuned to Cut to the Chase. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose 
at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.